the uh, the coldest, <laughs> coldest um, Christmas that I remember ever since uh, moving to uh, California. Uh, probably the coldest in the last 14 years. I moved here in '98, and then um, in the spirit of being so cold, um, we decided to uh, watch, you know, Ice Age, you know. Um, over the last week, so uh, I, I played, uh, got a video, and then uh, showed the video to the kids. And you know, you know, you guys know. Have you guys seen Ice Age? You know, there's like four movies now in that franchise. So you got this herd, really strange herd of um, uh, many the 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 uh, elephant thing, uh, woolly elephant, <laughs> the mammoth, woolly mammoth. And then you got Diego, the saber tooth, and you got Sid, the uh, sloth, right? And then um, uh, starting uh, the second series, you got Ali and uh, Manny's daughter, and then the two possum. You know, it's, it's a very strange combination of different animals. And then um, the first time um, we played a movie, we actually started with uh, Ice Age 4, uh, play, uh, the latest. We played to, uh, to Hemi and Nico. And, you know, uh, at the very beginning, at the very end of the movie, and also just about every 30 minutes, right, you have a break. Right, and then you have this uh, squirrel, and uh, he's chase of uh, acorn. Now, Hemi and Nico, when they first started watching uh, Ice Age, they couldn't stop laughing the first three minutes. Okay, just watching the squirrels, and then they thought the movie should be about squirrels and not the, <laughs> and not the herds. And then every time, and after the first one, every time the score comes up, uh, they will be like, oh, there he is again, and they start cracking up, even before the score does anything funny, right? So this is part of um, uh, a story in, uh, in, uh, in Ice Age that's kind of like binding everything together, you know, it's kind of like injecting uh, an element of... Um, uh, I don't know, fun and surprise and, and, and everything. It makes uh, uh, the story interesting, you know. And, and um, after a while, um, as Hemi and Nico watch um, the other three movies in, in the franchise, they would just, you know, on the lookout and, and see when the squirrel would uh, show up again. Now, I feel like in our lives, we have like little moments like that, right? Little stories that we remember, little things that, uh, that keeps the rest of, um, uh, of the movie, of our life going. And, and you know, and that's the power of uh, storytelling. Now you have something, um, in, instead of uh, giving people a PowerPoint or a Prezi or... Um, or uh, just a, a list of lessons we tell a story, right? And I don't know if you guys ever analyzed, you know, what kind of stories you like. You know, in the story there are many different elements. So I'm gonna make, you know, this part a little bit interactive. You can, you know, kind of shout out your answer, uh, tell us what you think, or, you know, just uh, exchange your ideas with, uh, with your neighbors, okay? So I have a list of questions for you. Just kind of think about, you know, what kind of stories that you like and, and, and how, why you like it. The first one, open-ended versus closed-ended. You know, open-ended, a movie like Inception, for example, we don't really know what happened at the end, right? Versus the other closed-ended, most of the movies or stories, uh, the books out there. Which one do you guys prefer? Open-ended or close-ended? Close-ended. Close oh, raise your hand if close-ended. Close-ended, okay. Open-ended people. Awesome, cool. So for me, it's uh, close-ended. I mean, 
if the hero is going to go out and rescue the princess and roast the dragon, right? At least I want to know what the dragon tastes like, you know. <laughs> and then um, speaking about this, if I, yeah, Emily asked me not to tell this joke, but I have to. And then just think about this: if I um, tell Hemi and Nico, hey, we're going to Mickey D's, and then now uh, I dress them up in jackets, put shoes on them, put them in the car, buckle them up. We drove over in front of uh, the McDonald's and we tell them, hey, it's the journey that counts, not the result, and then we go back home. Now these two, <laughs> they are going to revolt. They are going to have a riot, okay? So that's why I prefer clothes. But for some movies, for some, some stories, I feel like I, I want to have that imagination and opening it will be better. So, but 80% of the time, second choice for me. How about second one, uh, movie or novel? Did, did I spell novel right? Yeah, movie. Movie, novel. Okay. From what I'm told, novels you are usually better, right? You have more storyline, the development's better. But for someone like me, really, really uh, impatient, uh, I, I prefer the movie, you know. And then uh, it's got the actions and computer graphics, you know. Uh, the third one, fictional versus uh, based on true story. Fictional? True story. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't have a preference. As long as there's uh, computer graphics and dragons and stuff, uh, it's, it's cool. Well, there are dragons. Dragon stories based on true stories, right? No? How about the, the last one? Happy ending versus sad ending? Happy ending? Sad ending. All right, there we go, brother. It's cool. I, I like sad ending movies because uh, there's just too many happy endings out there. And then uh, I also feel like with a sad ending, it's got a sense of reality to it. You know, the world is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the world is not perfect. And then uh, a sad ending reminds me of, you know, the world I'm in. Now, your personal favorites. Can you think of a, a sad movie moment or story? Not maybe, maybe the entire movie or maybe just a, a scene or a, a segment of the movie. Right? You feel like, oh man, spring tears to my eyes. You know, I, I can think of a few. On top of my list, first Star Trek Generations. You know, 20 minutes into the movie, um, Captain Kirk and Picard, they were fighting this villain, right? They got to do it together because the villain was, okay, I don't want to give away too much, but <laughs> this, this is an abomination to Star Trek series that Captain Kirk died. Wow. You know, and you know, at that moment, my eyes were watery. I was like, no, you can't kill Kirk. He, not only is he, um, the, 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 the captain of Star Trek, he's, he's the spokesperson of the entire Star Trek series. He's also a Canadian in real life. <laughs> you can't die. We went to the same school, okay? We went, to, we went to the same college, you can't die. So it brings water to my butt. When I tell Emily about this, she laughed so hard, she couldn't stop. It also brings tears to her eyes, but for a different reason. <laughs> A sad movie story. Second one. Can you think of a funny, 
family story that you feel like telling people, telling uh, your friends, um, posting on Facebook, you know, and then you just, you know, people will come and like, you know, or if you do Google Plus, Plus One, you know, funny family story. One thing, um, so we will have a new one, um, a fresh one every week, right? Because that's what happens when you have little ones at home. And this week, actually just a couple of days ago, um, Emily shared with me a conversation Hemi had with her. So on Hemi, uh, Hemi asked Emily, hey, hey mommy, do you want me to be, um, uh, when I grow up, do you want me to be a police or firefighter, you know, so we can save people? Or do you want me to be a regular person like you, or you and dad? <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, <laughs> Emily and I are just regular people. <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, if, you, if you follow, you know, the, Emily has a lot more stories like that. And then she put up new ones on Facebook. And sometimes I don't learn about it until I check her uh, Facebook status. <laughs> so, but a story like that, to... Um, just brings smiles to your face and just gives you a, a, a kind of a, you know, even a story like maybe it's not meaningful by itself, but it helps you to just appreciate and just cherish the moments that, that you have with your families or sometimes even with your friends too. And the third one, an inspiring story. Something that makes you want to be a better person. Something that gives you a purpose in life. You know, remember one like that? Maybe a, a real story or a, a fictional or, a, I don't know, based on the true story. Um, one of my favorite is uh, Remember the Titans. Do you guys remember that? You were going to say that? All right. Remember the Titans? It's um, a story of uh, racial rec- reconciliation right? Through, uh, through sports. But that wasn't the top on my list. The one that really inspires me is the story of uh, turquoise and hair. You guys all know that story, right? Yeah. Because I, that story inspires me because, um, not because the hair is taking revenge, as in the picture, but because, like I shared earlier, I'm a really impatient person, right? I like things done quick, I like things done fast, and sometimes I cut corners. But that story tells me slow and steady wins the game. So now, I feel like I'm a combination of the two. Inside, I'm a, I'm a hare, I'm a rabbit. Um, I think really fast, and I want things to happen really fast. But on the outside, I appear to be a turtle. You know, moving slowly, taking things you know, one step at a time. Finally, your all-time favorite story. Kung Fu Panda. Did you say Kung Fu Panda? No, Kung Fu. Okay. Uh. You guys all have one, right? Like the one that, um, yeah. Yeah, like. All six categories. It could, yeah. So something that um, oh, when you have time, you want to go back and dig out old DVDs or VHS or an old novel and speed out, you want to read it again, or um, an old Facebook post that you're going to go back and read. Just something that just that you remember and you want to go back to it and just, you feel like you want to be in that story or you are part of that story. For me, it's a, it's a passage in the scripture when uh, Peter walked on water. You know, 
Say, I wanted to be Peter so bad. I tried that in my bathtub, but it didn't work. Right? I tried in the swimming pool and it didn't work. I tried a couple times until I gave up. Okay, I'm not Peter. I'm, I'm just me. But that story just brings me to, uh, always brings me to the New Testament times, you know, being on the boat, you know, being with uh, the other disciples, even though I have different faces, you know, on the boat each time I imagine the story uh, playing out. But I will always love to be Peter, you know, walking on water. And I actually wanted to live through the whole thing, you know, being drowned in the water and then just have a really short and powerful pray- uh, prayer, Lord, save me. You know, that's all the prayers I need. And then Jesus reaching on his hand, you know, grab me under him and walk again. So why am I going through uh, this exercise with you guys? I just want to show you the power of storytelling in our lives and in, in the Bible. You know, when we read through the gospel on every page, we're reading the story of God. You know, we're reading... Okay, let's put it this way. If I want to write a textbook, right, if I want to turn Bible into a format of textbook, I will have a list of bullets. God is love. God is the creator. God is transcendent. God is uh, omnipotent, um, omnipresence. He's, he's, he's everything. I have a bunch of lists. But instead of doing that, instead of writing that into an engineering textbook, the authors... And God himself chose to tell us through stories. Right? And this is a story of God. It starts with creation. Before there's anything, God has himself, the Son, and the, Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. And they were internally satisfied. They don't need anything. Right? They coexist, and then they glorify each other. And they create the world to demonstrate his glory. And that was actually part of the songs that Elaine um, led us to sing um, earlier. God created us and loved us for His glory. Now, the first two chapters, everything's all good, right? The seven days, um, God created the heavens and the earth, uh, the sun and moon, the land and the sea, people, animals, everything is good. And by the third chapter, evil enters into the world. Men fell, right? We read the account of the first lie ever told by human beings. Right? The first lie told by Adam and Eve. First murder committed by Cain. Right? And then when you, when you keep reading it, you read about the first collective community wickedness committed by the residents in the city of Babel as they built uh, the tower because they want the name for themselves. And at this time, you're just asking, what name do you have for yourself? Right? You've been lying, killing each other, and people, you want to make a name for yourselves by building the tower. Right? So you see the first hint of arrogance and, um, and pride. And Weakness of people together. And then as you keep reading um, the first flood through uh, Noah, Noah's sermon, and then, um, and then read about um, 
the Egyptians, the nation of Israel, and then things just get worse and worse, right? It's like a free fall. It's not just a fall, it's free fall. Things get worse and they're not getting any better. And God keeps sending prophets. God keeps being involved. He's sending prophets to... uh, to warn Israel and to warn the nations. And, and it got so hopeless, it got so bad, that some of the prophets became suicidal, right? Jonah is like, just kill me. I don't want to do it. We read about Jeremiah. Uh, we preached about Jeremiah. Jeremiah thought about killing himself. Isaiah thought about killing himself. A lot of prophets just see the hopelessness of the fall. So bad that they don't see a, they don't see a way out, and sometimes their uh, their vision got clouded. They don't um, they they it got so clouded by the wickedness of the nation. They don't see the power of God. But at the same time, there's a thread, an element of redemption. You know, it's kind of like uh, the squirrel in uh, Ice Age. You know, it, it shows up. You know, every now and then pops up. Uh, two verses here, two verses here, two verses there. And then in the New Testament, it becomes a full story, you know, the flower blossoms. In Genesis 18:18, God promised Abraham, you know, all the nations on the earth will be blessed through you. As people scratch their head, how is that going to happen? Right? When you read that part, when we read about how are the nations going to be blessed through Abraham, because Abraham is a Jew. And then we will always say, you know, the answer is in the back of the book. You read the um, New Testament and say, ah, Jesus, the descendants of Abraham, is going to come and bless the world. And you see a hint in Exodus uh, chapter 20, actually chapter 12, verses 38, where uh, uh, Moses wrote, many other people went out with the Israelites, and also a large drove of flo- uh, livestock, both flocks and herds. So that's the first hint. Um, also, oh, sorry, not the first hint. A hint, even in Exodus, it's not just the Israelites going to the promised land, but many Gentiles, many of the non-Hebrews, non-Jews traveling with them. God's intent is not just to bless the Israelites, but also the rest of the nations. So we talk about the prophets. Things got so bad. In Malachi, after uh, the book of Malachi, God turned off transmission. God went silent. Right? There's a famine of God's voice through 400 years. 400 years later, the Word became flesh. He came. He dwelt in us. The story starts again. It's like you get a fresh new beginning of the redemption. But it doesn't end there. Continue with the recreation. And that's where we are right now. Even though we're called the end time, we're living in the end time, there's still a future that we look forward to. There's a life that we're living in the present. Now, I've heard this multiple times, I, I can you know, give a proper credit to, uh, to the source. But I remember someone used to say, um, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Right? We know Christ is going to come again and make this world different, a recreation, a new, um, new beginning. And as a matter of fact, when you guys accept Jesus, 
into your life. And more the other way around. When Christ accepts us into his life, we became a new creation. We became a new creator. And we keep living our life this way. In short, that's the story of God. From Genesis to Revelation, that's what we read. Right? And like, like I shared earlier, instead of um, a science textbook, instead of giving you a formula, you know, God tells many different stories of how everything is put together. And through stories, we will also develop our own stories. But in the end, the story is about God's glory. It's about His ultimate purpose to glorify Himself. Many verses in the Scripture you can read. You, you can find that. I'm gonna read two over here. In Exodus 9:16, God said, "I have raised you up, the nation of Israel, for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth." God says so Himself. And when he, uh, when God talks to um, Prophet Isaiah, God said, "For my own glory, for my own glory, I will act. How can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. The entire universe, the entire creation, glorifies God." That brings us, that's kind of my um, main um, effort to conclude 2012, Gospel on every page. The story of God and the purpose is God's glory. Leading to 2013, um, you guys probably know by now that the direction is uh, bearing witness. You know, going out there, bear witness for the name of Christ. So on Sunday, We'll have a new series starting next week, right? And the series is titled The Passion for Christ. Now, you ask, how does this two connect, right? Glory of God to uh, Passion for Christ. Anybody has a clue? Feel free to come up and take over the second part of the sermon. Okay. So if you just you know bear with me for 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 a while, I'm gonna try and show you you know how this connects, and then um, feel free to ask me questions afterwards. Okay, don't embarrass me right now. Okay, God's purpose is what? His glory. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you guys got that part. You're still with me, right? Ultimate purpose, God's glory. Okay. The creation glorifies God. We got that too, right? It's in the Bible. As part of the creation, mankind exists to glorify God. We're made after His image and His likeness. We exist to glorify